With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again. Scoring goals left and right. Elise with the assist. Welcome back to another episode of the Houston Dynapod podcast. A mouthful to say. I know. I've been told. With us today is a surprise. It's last minute, you would say, right? Nathan? Yeah, I'd say it's a coin uh, last minute. We passed a half hour here or so. Last minute guest for a surprise pregame episode about our Houston Dynamo and his Vancouver Whitecaps. So, Nathan, before we jump in, tell us a little bit about your show, Terminal City FC Podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, we are a podcast here in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Uh, we follow, uh, obviously, the Whitecaps, uh, the men's and women's national teams uh, throughout Canada and their progression in the various tournaments they have. Uh, my partner and I are also fans of the European game, so uh, I'm a Spurs fan, he's a Chelsea guy, so uh, that gives us uh, some good London talk to uh, you know, go back and forth with you as well. I am so happy for Chelsea right now, aren't you? Oh man, you know what? I am, but I'm also bittersweet because sometimes you just you, you want a rival that you love to hate too, so. We still have those Woolwich Wanderers, those fuckers from the other side of North London. Well, we also got Arsenal, we've got uh, West Ham and, you know, the shit that they do too, so. Yeah, no, Arsenal's who I was talking about with the, the Woolwich. I don't know if you, do you ever listen to uh, a Tottenham podcast at all? Yep. Which is your favorite? Um, I, I, there used to be one a long time ago with a group called East Spurs. Uh, I used to do some work with them uh, way, way back in the day. But uh, lately, I don't know, I mean... One of the, I, I still love listening to Alistair Gold and uh, a lot of the stuff that he does. So I, I got to say, you know, he's he's the expert when it comes to anything Spurs. He's the guy that's in the room. Yeah, he has a podcast out now. I saw, yeah. and um, I am a fighting cock, extra inch all the way in that in that order. If they're both out at the same time, it's it's fighting cock all day. Sounds good. So our season so far, topic number one. Now, we, like you, have not won a game. You guys haven't won either, right? Yeah, we're still kind of waiting on that. Yeah, us too. We've been waiting a while. And uh, we're 0-1-1 with a goal differential of negative one because we have not yet scored. and We've allowed one goal allowed on the road to SKC. And so far here in Houston, which I don't, I don't know if – I have no idea what you guys – how you guys feel about your club. We used to have a, a Whitecaps fan in our Discord, and he would – He's a great guy. I had him on the show uh, last year after we played him. And basically, from what he explained about Vancouver, you guys are kind of like us as far as um, the support is kind of waning like through a tough time is what he made it seem like. Is that is that true? You know what? I mean, yeah, you can say that. I mean, especially when it comes to the Whitecaps, there's a lot of off 
field storylines that have been going on for the past couple of decades that's really pushed people away from the club. Uh, we're starting, hopefully, to see things move in the right direction. There's been uh, a lot of changes when it comes to management and front office, and we're we're seeing good changes, but we're not quite there yet. I think a lot of people are just still, they're kind of hedging their bets. We've got a really, really strong supporter group and uh, just supporter sides, but for the everyday fan, I mean, it's not quite there yet. So I read an interesting article today that led me to tweet a shit-talking joke about Vancouver. Apparently, your COO just resigned for covering up sexual misconduct. Yeah, uh, Rachel Lewis. She's been with the club, actually, for quite a number of years. I think it was back, uh, even as far back as 2003. So, like I said, like it's, it's this off-field uh, stuff that's been going on. The White House has been embroiled in some sexual assault scandals for a number of years. Um, uh, three. Uh, actually, one uh, or two with coaches, one that was involved Jesus. with players. Yeah, the, the ones with players, uh, that one I we don't really hear a lot about. But the ones with coaches uh, have really come to light over the past two years. I mean, one of the guys, uh, he was uh, right now, he was actually the current coach of the Jamaican national team. There was another guy that was part of, he moved from Whitecaps to Canada soccer. He'd been involved in a bunch of other stuff. And the thing is, is, a lot of this, like the, the internal investigation that happened really just swept things under the rug. Nothing yeah. was ever done. And she was one of four executives that was a part of this investigative panel that was looking at it. Well, Major League Soccer took over the investigation and they've been running their own since last year, about the summer of last year. That's still underway. And all four of those executives have been put on administrative leave since then. But she has now said as of, I think it was, Tuesday or Wednesday, she's stepped away, looking for new opportunities, you know, yada, yada, yada. We don't know what she pushed out the door or she's just decided that administrative leave, you know, simply isn't her thing. But I mean, from our perspective, it's one of four that are gone. We're still waiting for the, we're still waiting for the others to, you know, to ship out as well. You know, you talked about, you support the Canadians men, men Canadian men's team and the best player in the Western Hemisphere does play for Canada, and his name is Alfonso Davies. I think when you compare him position-wise, right, you can't compare him to a Pelusic or Irving Lozano, but when you look at where he is for his spot, I believe he's one of the best left-backs in the world, and he's, what is he, 22? He's by far the best player on the Canadian team, and yeah. I, think he's, I think he's better than any of the American players, including Pelusic. And as far as Mexico goes, them too, because they are – I don't like them that much, but we recently, I'm sure you've heard this. We have come to an agreement with Hector Herrera, who being uh, four hours from the Mexican border, us signing Herrera would be the equivalent of like the Whitecaps getting a guy like Alfonso Davies. Like who is an, another big Canadian player? Like we have Tyler Pasher who has suited up for you guys. And he is a backup for us. Although a lot of people feel like he should be starting. And statistically, I, I agree. It just tends to get hurt so quick. But who, who else is like one of the big names that would have an impact similar to what Herrera is going to have here? Do you mean, sorry, impact of a Whitecaps player that's on, uh, on the Canadian so, side? So here's, here's, here's what I mean. Let me elaborate. I'm sorry. No worries. We have a massive Mexican population here in Houston. Okay. And our Caucasian population is very indifferent to soccer. They love baseball. We're huge in baseball. I think the Astros are the biggest draw here. The Texans have been good, but they are, they're terrible. But our, our Caucasian group doesn't follow soccer. They follow other sports. So we know this as supporters. 
And we have clamored for a Mexican international to bring these fans to our stadiums. Like when Chicharito came to MLS, I don't like him anyway, but that would have been an idea, like an ideal signing. But this guy Herrera, he is going to, we believe, fill the stands and bring a completely new energy because of his ties to the demographic of Mexican people here. So I guess what I mean is Vancouver is Canadians, right? Okay. So Canadians. So which would you think Davies would have that type of impact? Well, I mean, Davies actually got to start with Vancouver, right? I mean, he came up through our academy system. He was playing for the first team when he was like 15 years old. Uh, eventually when he got sold from the Whitecaps to go to Bayern Munich. And I mean, he had that draw because we just saw this raw potential. I mean, it was almost as if his feet was faster than his brain when he was a teenager. And, you know, now everything's kind of caught up. In terms of a player that the Whitecaps have right now that would have that similar draw, I don't know. I, I can't really say that there is one, especially that is a Canadian player that would draw Canadians. The one player that I would say that's really started to have the fan base galvanized around him is Ryan Gall, uh, who we just recently got. He's a Scottish player. We got him from, uh, he was actually playing in, uh, in Portugal, of all places. But, you know, him slotting in kind of that attacking midfielder position on, behind strikers, his level of creativity is something that the Whitecaps have been sorely, sorely missing for a number of years. So it, it's brought that entertainment factor that, so many people were sorely missing. I can't really name a Canadian player that does the same right now on the squad. I mean, you know, we have uh, one of our designated players, Lucas Cavallini. That's been a little bit hit and miss for us because he's been plagued with injuries since he came here up from Mexico. Yeah, I mean, the only other Canadian player I would say that really, really galvanized Whitecaps fans around him was uh, Max Crapo, and now he's with uh, LAFC, unfortunately. Yeah, he was with y'all last year, wasn't he? I remember, I remember talking about him last year. He was with us last year and about two years before that as well. I think he was with us for about three, three and a half years. Yeah. So your season so far, how would you rate it? A through F. Do you guys have D's in Vancouver? Like we have some places here we do. We skip D and we go straight from C to F. Yeah, we got the whole A, B, C, D, F. Uh, I don't know. C plus B minus uh, it's, it's been very as expected, but I don't know. I don't know. Do you guys have needs improvement uh, for us or for you for, for you guys? Oh yes. Yes. So when you were talking about your creative number 10 goal, uh, all I heard was this is the one that we need to go studs up on because we don't have that. We have a creator, Darwin Quintero. He's 35 years old. Um, he's no longer a 90 minute player. Our next best creator is 22 years old and he's Panamanian, and he hasn't really lived up to the promise. His name's Coco Carasquillo. We don't have one. We need what you guys have. We need that type of player. Because up top, we just paid four and a half million, four and a half to six and a half, depending on how well he does, for a Paraguayan striker, Sebastian Ferreira. And he's, he looks like the real deal. On the left, you have Fafa Pico, who's a journeyman, but last year he scored 11 goals. He led us in goals and assists. And on the right is Corey Baird, who's been fucking awful. And then Tyler Pasher, who a lot of fans think should start. But we don't have anybody to get on the ball. So our season so far has been quite boring. Like we look at our inability to link play from the midfield to the forwards. There's nothing there. And which brings us to our ideal lineups. Because now 
there's ideal lineup and predicted, like the lineup that you would like to see versus the lineup the coach is probably going to pick. Because here in Houston, it's, it's so different. But this is you first. Your ideal lineup for your Vancouver Whitecaps when they come here to get thumped in a couple of days. Yeah, looking at the uh, your guys' home record against us, thumped, uh, I, I, you got the history on your side, that's for sure. I mean, for us, there's a lot of what our predicted lineup and what our desired lineup, it's going to be much of the same. Uh, the one thing that we have is we still have a few uh, injury issues that we're trying to deal with. So that kind of uh, restricts us in a few ways. Our back line, it's not going to change from what uh, you saw when we were playing NYCFC. We have uh, Thomas Assault in Nets. He's our number one goalkeeper. He's starting right now. He's the guy that's taken over the shoes from Craig Bell since he's left. Our back line, uh, it'll be a back three, right? Playing with uh, wing backs up the side, even uh, pushing up a little bit higher as full-on wingers. But we have uh, best. I love I love that formation ever since Antonio Conte's taken over Tottenham. I've fallen oh, I in love with it. Oh my god! All right, I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. I love it too. Uh, the only difference is is when it comes to the Whitecaps, they tried an experiment last week on playing with inverted wingbacks. I'm not too sure if it's working there. That's something that Conte doesn't do. I I kind of like more traditional wingbacks. You can run just that final third of the pitch just becomes so much more open along the sides. Yeah. Right? You, wingbacks that are inverted just cut inside and all of a sudden yeah. you've got you know six guys standing on top of each other yeah. but we're going to be playing with the back three it's going to be Veselinovic, uh tristan blackmon that we just got from uh lafc as well and uh julian uh or sorry uh, florian uh, youngworth who uh definitely another fan favorite since he's come on he's uh he reminds me a lot actually we're talking about spurs uh, of uh christian romero right he's got that edge to his game He's so good. He's so oh, much fun to watch. And he's his shithousery is like top notch. What he did to uh, Richarlison. Oh my God. I love Did you him, see the tweet that he put out, out afterwards? It was literally him standing over the guy, right? No, I hadn't. I hadn't. But I know like, like I love Eric Dyer because he went into the stance to defend his brother. Yeah. Yeah. That was perfect. And I'm like, all right, I love him. Glad he's come around. But Romero yeah. brings that, 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 that Latino flavor. He's got an edge spice, to his man. game, right? And, and he never edge. looks mad. Yeah. He's always just... not expecting that from a guy coming from the Italian league. And, his, and he goes by the name Cutie Romero. I think you say yeah. it's Cutie. So, and he's kind of cute. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw that. I wasn't sure if it was Cutie or if I was pronouncing it right. But yeah. Cutie, yeah. All right. It, our midfield, it's going to be... Gold is going to be at the top of the triangle, right? We're going to have... Uh, it'll be Russell Tybert. Who's you know longstanding, you know played the most games ever in a white cap shirt. He's got more than ten years on him, and it will probably be Leonard Owusu beside him. The Tybert and Owusu seem to complement each other, and especially if the Whitecaps decide not to go with uh, a more defensive-minded midfielder, those two are able to kind of go box to box. They can run the length of the pitch and you know drop back when the, the back three need help. On the sides, oh man. If they decide to keep up with their inverted wingback experiments, it's going to be Christian Dahomey and Christian Gutierrez. Um, Gutierrez will be on the right. Dahomey will be on the left. Not my first choice. I'd switch the two, but I think that's, that is what it is. Um, yeah. The other one you might see is you might see uh, Javane Brown uh, play as well. You know, he started to get some time with the Jamaican national team. He was probably our our outstanding rookie last year. 
but he's I don't know if he's just tired from you know all his international call-ups or what it is but he hasn't had the best start to the season so I'm looking to see him on the bench right now at the top it's going to be uh Diver Caicedo he's kind of made that that position for himself but they've been playing with two at the top lately and with Brian White still injured he's still coming off a right foot contusion he has been training full-time but actually just before you and I uh came on here they did announce that he wouldn't be starting. So it's going to be Lucas Cavallini, which, I mean, you know, it's tough to have a DP that costs that much sitting on the bench anyway. It's just a matter of time waiting for him to start producing. So this is way – I used to do pregames, like, on my own. So, like, when I started my show, I would just talk, which I can do. Like I can do that. I'm, I'm able to just go without, like, breaks. It seems natural. And I would do these research and these pregames. And I'm going to tell you right now, what you just did is better than any description of an opposing team I've ever done. Because after the Dynamo, I don't watch fucking anyone. Tottenham Dynamo, that's it. Like I don't, I don't do that. I, I will put. I watch Premier League matches. Every now and again, I'll watch a certain Liga or Bundesliga match. Uh, but I don't watch anybody other than my team because, like, I don't need to. There's so many. How are you going to know everybody? Like, I well, not only that, but you know, name the all the other sports that you probably watch as well, right? And you just can't fit it in in a day. I don't. I don't actually watch any other ones. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a. I'm a New York Jets fan. I haven't had a reason to watch in ten years. I'm a New York Knicks fan. I haven't had a reason to watch in fifteen. I'm a Mets fan, and well, they're supposed to be good every year, and they suck. So I, I don't really watch any other sports but soccer. I used to watch it religiously whenever it was on, and eventually it was just like I found other things to do. I started the podcast, so it's, you know, kind of cuts into the time. Although it's you know research based, but much better than any description I've ever given. And you you talked about our history. Yes, we last year you guys were the first win we had for a long time. Like we won, and then we didn't win again for quite some time. Yeah. And I I think I think you guys are good for us right now. Like right now, we're like a, a you know a woman who's been a little bit mentally abused, and you're the sweet gentleman. Like you're not attractive ish. Like you're not like really hot, but you're you're kind of cute. But you're just sweet enough, a little overweight. That you're like, oh, we make you make us feel good about ourselves, and you're what we need at this time because I think history is gonna. I hope it. I hope it does. We gotta at least score. If we draw and we score, that'll be good for us because our fans are they're they're impatient. So for us, here, here's what you're gonna see: our ideal lineup, my ideal lineup for me, uh, Steve Clark in net. He comes from Portland. He just lost in the MLS Cup, and he's been phenomenal. Left back Adam Lundqvist. Uh, he's Swedish. He's an above average left back. He's, he crosses the ball above average. He does everything a little bit above average. And uh, he's, he's pretty resilient and tough. And there's nobody else that's going to play that spot. That's his. Center backs. We have two, we have three options here. But I would like to see Teenage Adebi on the left. He's a left footed uh, Zimbabwean international. He's one of our designated players. Last year he came in and he ended up being the top performing defender. He outperformed. The guy next to him, who you probably know, Tim Parker, he's been all over and he's been quite bad for us. Last year, he was our worst rated defender and we never took him out. And I think he was our worst rated defender because we never took him out. I think they went hand in hand. But this year, he hasn't come off either. And he's to hear about him. Yeah, but we were awful last year. We were in last place, but his performance, yeah. his ratings, I think he averaged out of a 6'4", 6'5". He was our lowest rated consistent defender. Like the backups were lower, but they're supposed to be. But he he's, you know, he's good in the box. He's good defending headers. It's just he hasn't quite been there. 
Now, next to him is one that we're all pretty excited about. He's also our highest rated player in FIFA, according to Twitter. Uh, his name is Zeca. There's a lot more to it than that, but he's from Brazil. He's got a really long fucking name. He's fast. He's athletic. He was a gold medalist in the Brazilian national team. He comes from Brazilians. Oh, I don't know. Independiente. He's played for some big clubs in Brazil and South America. And he is, he looks like he will give us what we haven't had there, which has been Zarek Valentin, who's not an attacking threat whatsoever. Like we run a four, three, three. It's what you're going to see. And we like to use the fullbacks to get up the pitch, but Zarek Valentin is so non-attacking. He was basically a right midfielder when he played, they shifted the right side up so he could get up there because he doesn't have the pace to do it. But this guy does midfield. My listeners are not going to be happy with my picks because I got Matias Vera, who's a no brainer. He's from Argentina. He was our defensive MVP last year or runner up. He's our highest rated player thus far this year. And he's been lights out. He can also score every now and again. He's primarily a defensive midfielder, a six, right? I think it's a six is what they call it. I'm learning the numbers. He can score. He's hit a couple of long shots from outside the box. But if you see that, if you see that, you guys have lost. It, it doesn't happen very often. And when it does, it's, it's, it's because he had to shoot. Next to him, um, or excuse me, he'd be in the middle. I would have Memo Rodriguez on the left. This is the one that everybody's going to hate me for. He's a homegrown. He's an academy kid. He's from an hour away. He's been very below average. Uh, he would be a star in USL. But in MLS, he is a bench player. However, our, the guy behind him who's probably going to start is not a 90-minute player. So this is why I picked Memo Rodriguez. Uh, he's not going to really offer much in attack. He's going to probably get a yellow card and piss your players off. The one that we're kind of excited about is uh, Coco Carasquilla. This is the creator in midfield who one of our announcers is not too high on because Coco really hasn't performed and lived up to his billing. He was actually at one point uh, scouted and talked to by Real Madrid. Like Real Madrid looked at him. Yeah. When he was, uh, I don't remember, but he came from Cartagena, a team in La Liga too. He came from Spain and he's been okay, but you can see it's there. Our three wingers, you're going to see Fafa Pico on the left. He's going to knock the ball past you. He's going to invert. Uh, he can cross with his left foot. He did lead the team in assists last year as well as goals. Next to him is Sebastian Ferreira. He is our DP striker that cost a club record transfer fee of roughly six and a half million dollars. He hasn't scored yet. We've barely gotten him the ball. Uh, the only time he's touched the ball is when he played like uh, Harry Kane did in Jose Mourinho's system when he came back at the top of the box. And next to him is another one. Oh, they're going to hate me, but I am sticking with Corey Baird. He's from LAFC. He's a United States guy. He, um, I think he was rookie of the year, his first year here. He's kind of been tailing off. He got hurt last year, uh, torn ACL is what it said, but he's been so bad. He's been so bad. I know that with our history, I think this is why I think you guys would be good for him too, because he's been awful. And everybody's like benching for Pasher. Everybody wants Pasher, but Pasher isn't a 90 minute guy. And when you play Tyler too much, he gets hurt. So, oh man, that was a lot to say. And it, and it says that I should go first, but the predicted lineup, shit. So predicted lineup, now that I've told you about our guys, I'll do this yeah. first. You ready? Yeah, I think I think our coach is going to almost run out the same thing. Almost, two changes. He will have Daniel Status as the left-sided center back because he's been there already, even though he's right-footed. And he's done well in preseason. 
when I watched him, I was like, get this guy out of my club. He is awful. What did we do? But in the regular season, he's been, he's been lights out. He's been very good. The midfield, I believe you will not see Memo Rodriguez. You will see Darwin Quintero. And I, that's the rumor. We have, there's a guy that works. He works at our stadium. I don't know what he does there. He could do marketing. He could clean toilets. I have no idea. But he posts leaks, and they're actually pretty accurate. And his leak is Quintero is starting, which is why I'm going with this. Up top, I think you're going to see the same forwards, and people are going to be mad that Corey Baird is out there, but I predict that Corey Baird will score or have an assist in this game. That's like my big prediction. What's going to be the changes from, from yours? Or did you do that too? You know what? I, I kind of gave you uh, kind of both of mine together at the same time. I would say the only one that might be a bit of a change is we got another young kid uh, at the tail end of last year, Pedro Vite. This guy has the potential to be really, really exciting. He's another fast, creative midfielder, can play on the wing as well. He is someone who might be ready for his first start. If he comes in, I would say I would expect him to maybe take the place of Dahomey on the left wing, possibly even Owusu in the midfield, uh, if they're looking to have Tybert drop back a little bit and uh, just kind of uh, sit in front of the, the back three. Other than that, I mean, unless they make a game, a game time decision on Brian White that he is good to go, I mean, he has been training full time, then he will slot in right away. I mean, he was our number one goal scorer last year, and he only played for us for half the season. So, I mean, they're just dying to get him in. He did play half an hour last game. Wasn't really able to get a whole lot kind of going in the last half hour. It kind of seemed like uh, both uh, the, the Caps and uh, New York FC were they were kind of done after 60 minutes. No one was yeah. really playing to get the win. So I think if they can get him in to start, uh, they, will, they will take that any day of the week. I just don't think he will be right. And that's what's being reported right now. Um, yeah, I think the lineup I gave you is kind of what I expect. The only one I could say is that you might see Pedro Vite slot in. What is your score prediction for Saturday night's belter of a match between, I don't know, 10th and 11th? We, you know, it's funny because we had the exact same record as you guys uh, with two games in. We have a much worse goal difference and that's because our first game was kind of a one-sided slaughter against us um our back line is strong they i have no problem with it tristan blackmon is brand new he's only played two games with us but he was the best guy on the pitch for us he, he's good game. he's good i've i've had to cover him because of some pre-games he's good he'll be fine he well, last game he uh he won 100 of his duels he had the most aerials and most clearances of any player on the pitch so i'm not too worried about him either I hate to say it. I'm almost, we have no one on right now that's going to score goals. I hate to say it. I'm almost looking at another nil-nil draw. And I'd say if the Whitecaps get that, I'd walk away with it. So we've been very good defensively and we've been terrible offensively. Our expected, our XGA is only like one and a half in two matches. But our XG through two matches is like 0.65. We've been incredibly bad. In Your XG is better than ours. We were 0.2 in the first game, 0.5 in the second. Well, no, ours total over two is 0.65. Oh, okay. yeah. You guys are five one hundredths of a point. I thought that was your average. <laughs> we are still the king of shit mountains, sir. 
we have the worst XG. We haven't, it hasn't been good, but we haven't had our best creators in there. In the preseason, we looked, we looked good. Now, uh, uh, my score prediction, I think we're going to win two to one. And I hate the fact that I think y'all are going to score. But I think there's been such a push to be offensive, it's going to lead to a goal allowed. I think we're going to do so much trying to move forward and get out of this funk we're in, the scoring and creating, that it's going to open something up in the back line and you guys will get a goal. I mean, we do have goal scorers that are on the pitch. We just don't have a number one guy out there. We have Gold, who makes everyone else around him look better. You're going to see Caicedo. He, he will put pressure on the net. Cavallini, for as much hope as we all have, I mean, the guy hasn't scored since last summer, and he's the most expensive player that we've ever paid for. I think we paid about $5 million U.S. for him. He's Just got a great name, though. And the name alone. El Tanque, right? I mean, makes, it makes me hungry because to yeah. me, he sounds Italian. He does. I mean, even when he speaks, I mean, he definitely sounds it. But he, uh, he grew up. He grew up here. Italian. Uh, but he's played. He played in Mexico. He played in Uruguay. He's you know he's traveled around a little bit. But he, for as strong as he is, the one thing I like about Cavallini is even though he's not strong, he's doing everything else right. He's actually kind of like a Harry Kane where he is dropping back quite a lot lately to try and bring in his strike partner. Uh, you have Dahomey that has scored. I, it's a brand new position for him playing him as a wing back. He's usually further up the up the park, so you know it's going to take time for him to make that position his. It's just there's just a lot of moving pieces. It wasn't much of a preseason to really try and get anything done. We only really played one MLS team in our preseason. Yeah, because you guys it's, couldn't. We couldn't come up there. No, no, and we we went down to California. We played. Uh, we played the Galaxy, and then we played a bunch of USL teams. That was a. We went to. Uh... Tucson, Arizona, which is an odd place to go. And we played Colorado RSL, Phoenix Rising, and another another uh, MLS team. But that brings me to my, my hidden topic. What? Who's your biggest rival, and how much do you hate them? Vancouver's kind of weird. We're kind of we're caught in between two different rival groups, and we're kind of like the bastard child of both of them. You've got the Canadian teams. And you've got this huge rivalry between TFC and Montreal. And then you've got Vancouver. They, you know, just kind of being the younger brother that kind of just, you know, stirs shit up. Then you've got Cascadia with us, Seattle, and Portland. Well, Seattle and Portland hate each other. And both of them are kind of indifferent when it comes to Vancouver. And Vancouver, we, you know, we just try to, again, stir shit up because we're just looking for a rivalry. If we had our, our biggest rivalry... You're Austin. You're the, <laughs> yeah, you are yeah. the for, you are, <laughs> but with less people at your stadium and not as loud on Twitter. You just described Austin to a fucking T, which is, which is where I was going with this. Oh my God, keep going. Well, the that's, sad that's thing is, is that Austin's been barely been around the league, and we've been around for you know a decade plus, right? Yeah, they're quite our, loud. Yeah, you know what? Our biggest rivalry right now, and it has nothing to do with MLS. It would have to do with uh, the Canadian Championship, which is our domestic cup here in the country. Would be with probably with Montreal. Whenever we get to the Canadian Championship and we play Montreal, there's bad blood in that relationship just because in years and years and years ago, there was a, you know, a two-match away and home draw where we feel that Montreal basically tanked a game against Toronto so that it wouldn't allow us to qualify because it was basically a three-team uh, three round robin back in the day before we had oh, the wow. Premier League. 
So there's a lot of like you'll see when uh, when Montreal plays Vancouver, you'll see a lot of signs in which says Je me souviens, right? You know, like we remember back in the day, things like that. But again, I to me it almost feels like it's manufactured a little bit. As far as our rival goes, yeah, it's I don't know. We we love Cascadia games because the Cas because you know you want to win the Cascadia Cup, and it's the only thing the Whitecaps have really won in the past few years. And then we have the Canadian teams, which, I mean, they're they're so far on the east that you know it's it's like we're, we're kind of a footnote when it comes to Canada. So I can't really consider that. Yeah, you. When you said we're just looking for a rivalry, you described the the ugly stepsister of the real MLS Texas clubs. Some of our guys call them Aston, <laughs> Aston FC. Yeah, uh, ours would be FC Dallas. You know, we have uh, a history with them. We had a uh, we had a guy literally get, kick one of them when he was down. Carter Clark. Oh, he kicked him hard. He didn't. He did not pull the kick. He kicked through the man. And uh, it's been a pretty heated rivalry. But I will say one thing about our supporters groups is they range from we love everybody, the surge shout out, to we will fuck you up. So if you are a Vancouver fan and you are coming to this match and by some chance you're listening, uh, don't be too loud. And make sure you sit away from the supporter sections because, man, last year it got so bad here. We had fans going to the game with bags on their heads. This supporters group was ripping bags off people's heads. I, I mean, I don't – I get it. I'm not for it. I you guys it. have your own ultras group. Parent fucking league. And, you know, because back in the day when, when Houston first got a team, it was huge. We set, we set attendance records in Texas. We still have them, 30-plus thousand people. And we won two titles and, what, an Open Cup, four, four Western Conferences, the league twice, and an Open Cup. So we started off quite strong, and it was packed. and Everything was, like, vibrant, and shiny, and new, and amazing. And then ownership changed, and it went down the toilet. And we were shit for so long. You couldn't fill half the stadium. But we have a new owner and he's spending money. and We are absolutely in love with him. But that brings us to the part where you once again plug your show for everybody listening out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you ever are interested in Whitecaps news, uh, Europe transfers, uh, and anything to do with the Canadian teams, men's or women's, the uh, Terminal City podcast, uh, you can check us out on Spotify. You can also follow me on Twitter at, at @nduric. That's N-D-U-R-E-C. My co-host is Joshua Ray. He's at Joshua Ray, R-E-Y 91. And uh, yeah, I mean, we'd love to have you on uh, and uh, keep doing uh, stuff like this with you as well. Yeah, for sure, man. This was good. This went great. We'd, we'd, we'd like set this up, what, 15 minutes before we got on? Yeah, pretty much. I was talking to the other guy and uh, I was like, oh man, I was supposed to ask you earlier because like I was telling you before, um, they're new like I am. And I remember like I'm a solo show. It was hard to get with people. Like I wouldn't go talk to people like a little antisocial, but I was like, man, this would be good for both of us. Cause to be honest, you gave a much, much better breakdown of what we're going to see than I ever could have. Cause Wikipedia only tells you so much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Wikipedia. Well, you know yeah. what? I mean, it's, it's always nice to just bounce something off everyone. And yeah, yeah. My partner couldn't be here today because he also covers the Canucks in the NHL. So and they've got a game later on today. So he also said He's there were uh, some noisy home repairs going on. 
Yeah, he's got that too, but uh, he's going to use the Canucks as his excuse. Oh, I'm a Rangers fan. I do follow hockey. Hey, I grew up in Edmonton. I'm an Oilers oh, no. guy from the 80s. So. You guys had Messier and Gretzky just like we did. You just had them at a different time. Oh, man. When I was playing hockey, those and were the Luke guys that were trophies. And Robitaille. You had Robitaille. You got, uh, who was your keeper? Andy Moog, uh, Bill Ransford. I mean, you name You guys it. were stacked. Oh, yeah. Fucking stacked. Well, that yeah. was the joke, right? It didn't matter how many goals were scored against us. We just get more. Everybody right now is like, wait a minute. What the fuck is hockey? Because <laughs> in, in Warren Houston, like we had a team before and it's gone. I wish we did. Hockey games are so much fun. Hockey games are the most fun to go watch. Oh, I love no it. Lot. Especially because you're sitting right over the ice, yeah. right? It's such a, a compact atmosphere. Yeah, and it's nonstop. It's like soccer, but you can punch each other in the face. And we'll get sent off and come back. Yeah, yeah, it's great. So, guys and girls, that brings us to the end of the show. Uh, this has been the Houston Dynapod podcast. I'm your host, Finister. Thanks once again to our guest. And as always, go Dino. Albert Elise is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubble Rodriguez again, scoring goals left and right, at least with the assist. Big shout out to my favorite band, Familiar with Failure, for the introductory music. You can find them at FWFTX on all social media platforms. Once again, that's familiar with failure. Check them out. Badass band. Cool ass people.